listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Women's Online Wellness Thirsty Thursday. Tonight we're going to talk about vitamins and supplements. A really important topic and a a really expensive topic, if you know what I mean. Uh, I do have to do something very quickly that I have been instructed to say on this because we've gotten so many new folks on that my amazingly qualified attorney from the very highly respected law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe has told me that I must remind everybody, all these broadcasts, all these uh, information is meant as just uh, information. It is not meant as medical advice. Please consult your doctor, which oftentimes for this group is me, but please consult your doctor. Don't make any medical changes based on this information. Always talk to your doctor before you make changes. So I had to say that, now they're happy. Now, one thing I did wanna say before we get into the topic tonight, because we have grown so rapidly, and I'm incredibly blessed for that, and I really, really wanna thank all the people who have submitted members and who have joined, and and the interaction has been fantastic. Uh, If you've been interacting on the Facebook page, you've noticed that we're getting a lot of comments, a lot of interaction, a lot of people helping folks, a lot of people answering questions, a lot of people asking questions. I got a bunch of questions for tonight that we're going to get to in just a bit. But in doing that, we've really grown, and that's great, but it also creates a few issues with numbers. So I am considering, not saying I'm going to do it yet, but I'm considering limiting the number of people that we are letting on the Facebook page. As you remember, this is a private page. Everybody who comes on here has to be approved, has to be submitted and approved, and any comments cannot be found or searched or anything else on anywhere else on Facebook. It all stays right here. So it's, it's very, uh, very safe in this crazy internet exposed world that we have now. But anyway, my point is I'm thinking about beginning to limit the number of folks that we can have on this page. So I say that to tell you that if you have somebody, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, and they don't have to be here local, of course they can. We have people literally now all over the country, even a few from outside of the country. So if you have friends, families, colleagues, uh, people that you know that you think might benefit from the stuff that we do, the things we talk about, the women's health issues, go ahead and submit them now. Go ahead and and click on the little button up there that says invite because it may come to a point where we're not going to be able to accept a whole lot of other folks. So if you've got some folks you want to bring on, bring them on now in the next few days and we'll make sure that we get them approved. Because I trust you guys. If you guys are going to recommend somebody, I trust you. I know it's not uh, going to be anybody that I wouldn't want on this page. Anyway, so let's get to the topic. Tonight's topic is vitamins and supplements. And if you can imagine, trying to do this in a half hour is a monumental task. So I've put together some notes because I want to try to stay as organized and not stray off and not go off into any crazy uh, distractions. So I'm going to try to get as much information out as I can in a short period of time 
just know that this isn't comprehensive. There's a lot more to learn about all this stuff. In fact, I'll show you where I got a lot of information and you'll be amazed at how much is still out there. There were a lot of great questions that were submitted and I promise I'm going to get to those as we get toward the end. And also I'm going to look up here at, uh, at some of the, if anybody has any questions up here on the feed, I can actually see where that feed is coming in. And, you know, it's great to see Amy and uh, Lori and Sarah and Geraldine, all you guys appreciate y'all being watching. So, uh, are vitamins necessary? Well, you want a quick answer? I'll give you a quick answer, but I'm gonna have to qualify it. In most cases, no. All right, let me qualify that. Most multivitamins that we take in this day and time are largely unnecessary for people who are eating regular good meals, who have reasonable nutrition, who don't have any underlying medical issues, and are not having problems that need to be addressed with specific types of vitamins. Now, let me, I clarif let me clarify that. I said a multivitamin. What happens with a multivitamin is you get a mixture of a wide variety of all the different vitamins, and we're gonna go through all the important ones in just a minute. But I just wanted to start off by setting the tone so you kind of know where I'm coming from. Uh, most multivitamins have a conglomeration Whenever I'm trying to treat a particular symptom, hot flashes, for example, I want to use the specific vitamin. I'm not going to use a multivitamin. I'm going to use vitamin E because that's where the studies have been done. And most multivitamins, just to give you an example, may have 10, 20, 30 milliunits of vitamin E. Well, to treat hot flashes, you got to have 800. Big difference. You're not going to get that from a multivitamin. Now, there are some people who are on the SAD diet. You know, all know what that is, standard American diet, SAD diet, that is really, for most of us, pretty lousy. Well, yeah, in that case, you might benefit from a multivitamin. You might benefit from getting those extra nutrients. It's kind of, I kind of look at it as a little bit of an insurance policy. You know, we, we probably are never going to really use uh, our life insurance policy until we die or our disability until we get disabled, but there's a long span of years there where we probably don't need it, but it sure makes us feel good to have it. That's kind of the way I look at multivitamins in most cases. When I'm talking about vitamins and supplements, largely I want you to begin to focus on using vitamins and supplements to treat specific symptoms, to treat specific problems. And then if you're doing that, it only makes sense to use the particular vitamin that's really addressing that particular symptom. Does that make sense? Like the hot flash example. So I hope you kind of understand that right off the bat. Uh, for example, if you've got joint pain, the omega-3 fatty acids or turmeric or, or uh, 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 hot pepper, you know, a lot of, there, there's a lot of things to treat the in inflammation, but just doing a multivitamin for that, <laughs> waste of time. It's not going to help. So, um, oh, one more other caveat. A lot of you folks, uh, especially younger folks, are on birth control pills. There is some evidence that women on birth control pills may have an issue with, in particular, B vitamins. So that's one case where I do recommend that women take a multivitamin or at least a B-complex vitamin so you don't have a deficiency in those because of what you're doing with the birth control pill. Now, there are some other medications where that applies also, and we're going to touch on a little bit of that shortly. But if you're on a birth control pill, yeah, probably not a bad idea to be taking a multivitamin or a B-complex. Uh, also, if you're pregnant and you're wanting to get uh, pregnant, uh, yeah, 
a multivitamin with folic acid, and we're going to talk more about folic acid in a minute. But those are exceptions. I don't think a lot of you out there are probably right now. Well, maybe I, I might be mistaken. There's there's a lot of folks on this that are not older or menopausal. They may still be wanting to get pregnant. And if you are, the folic acid is a good deal. A couple of very, very, very important caveats when it comes to vitamin supplements, any, any over-the-counter product. There are two critical things you have to take into consideration no matter what you're buying, and this especially applies to vitamins and supplements. Number one is quality. You've got to understand that there is a tremendous variation in quality across the board when it comes to supplements. Supplements now fall under the category of food additives. There was a law passed back in the late 1990s that classified supplements and herbs and uh, vitamins as food additives. What that did was it took it out of the purview of the FDA and put it into the same category as a lot of foodstuffs, but not nearly under the same kind of scrutiny that it had been before. What does that mean for you and me? It means that you're largely left up to the integrity of the manufacturer as to the quality of what you're getting. And we all know how sometimes that could fall through the cracks. Uh, the profit motive sometimes overrides the quality motive. Unfortunately, that's the case. So you got to do your homework. You got to be a critical consumer. And you're saying, huh, how do I find all that craziness? How do I figure all that out? Well, I'll tell you this, in the internet age, if a company is doing the right stuff and you go on their website for a particular product, I can guarantee you that if they are doing the quality control, if they are doing the studies, if they are doing the, the right type of manufacturing practices, they're going to put it all over their website. They're going to scream it from the mountaintops. You're not going to have to search for it. It's going to be there because it's going to differentiate them from a lot of the other garbage that's out there. So it's not going to be really hard to find that information. You got to look for it. You got to take the time and look for it. And you say, where do I look for it? Well, there's a great website called consumerlab.com, consumerlab.com. And what it does is it independently tests a lot of herbs and, and uh, uh, vitamins and, and supplements doesn't get paid by any there's there's no money that changes hands between them and the companies unlike uh, some other sites which are totally funded by these same companies this is a completely independent and they can give you a really objective uh, uh, viewpoint about not just a particular vitamin but even about a specific product so that's one option and also went out and visual aids went out and found my uh, natural medicine's comprehensive database. So anybody who thinks that, I mean, that's, that's like phone book thick for those of you who are old enough to remember phone books. That is, this whole thing is full of information about supplements, herbs, vitamins. I mean, you can't tell me that there's not enough data there to get it these days. Now, of course, not everybody has one of these. Not everybody's as strange as I am, but it, this is an incredibly valuable resource to be able to supplement my knowledge with regards to these products because there's a lot of stuff out there that I didn't, I've never heard of. People come in all the time and say, well, I take this herb and I, I don't know, but I know where to find it. I know where to get the information. And the same thing is, is for this. And I think these are backwards. One thing I discovered when I held these up last time or held up something last time, for some reason, when it comes out on Facebook, it's a mirror image. So this is probably 
probably looking backwards to everybody, but trust me, it's real stuff. And this is the PDR for herbal medicines. How many people knew there was an actual PDR for herbal medicines? Well, there is. So there's tremendous amount of research that's being done now for these supplements and these uh, products. So the information's there. I'm telling you, you just got to take the time to research it. I can promise you if a product is proud of their quality, they're going to tout it on their website. They're going to tell you the studies that are being done. So you got to do the right quality. Along those lines, when you take herbal or supplement or vitamin products, you got to take the right dose. This is one of the things that drives me nuts, especially when you look at multivitamins. I gave the example of just a minute ago with the vitamin E having only 10, 20, 30 milliunits. But when you look at what the studies are done, it's 20x that. So you've got to look at the information and decide what's an appropriate dose. And again, that's doing your research or talking to someone like myself who's done the research. And we can spell it out what the average dosage is done in a study. But take, for example, somebody who has got a bad headache and they come in and they get an aspirin and I cut it into tenths and I give them a tenth of the aspirin and they come back a half hour later and say, well, you know, my, I still got this horrible headache. What's the deal here? Well, the deal is I gave you the wrong dose and of course it doesn't work. It doesn't mean aspirin doesn't work. It just means the dosage that you took was worthless. Well, in prescription medicines, we have a pretty standardized idea of what, what we got to take to get rid of this problem. You know, if you've got a blood pressure problem, you take 10 milligrams of this to get that. Well, we don't have that same thing in herbal problems. Like, for example, uh, let's just take um, melatonin, for example. Very common uh, solution for sleep. Well, I've read in the studies anywhere from 0.5 to 0.5 milligrams to 5 grams. That's a huge spectrum with regards to effectiveness. So that's one of the other problems we run into with these herbal and, and vitamins is the dosages can vary and there's not a lot of good standardization about that. So you've got to be careful. You've got to do your homework. Don't just waste your money and go buy something because Aunt Sally said it helped her and you don't know what you're getting or why you're getting it or whether you're getting anything good quality. Be a critical consumer. There's, there's, the information is there, whether it's by calling me and talking to me about it or talking to me in the office about it or emailing or hopefully something in the newsletter will come up, but, or doing your own research. And that's the best because, you know, I can't do it all, but I, I think you doing your own research would really be, be helpful and I'll make you feel better about what you're doing. All right. I want to talk a little bit about some specific vitamins. And I've got some notes here because, again, I've got so much I want to get out and I don't want to keep you past to your dinner time. So I want to try to consolidate it and give you the information that you need and use this as a jumping off point to begin your own research and to get excited about doing stuff that's natural and, and really helpful to your system for a lot of situations. All right, let's, let's define quickly so we have an understanding about what we're talking about. Vitamins are basically just organic substances, carbon-containing substances that are absolutely critical to the function of the body, the cells, the way they metabolize things, growth. Everything depends on vitamins. That's where it gets its name, vitamin, vital to life. So it's absolutely impossible to survive without adequate vitamins. Luckily, in today's society, we have very few people who have absolute vitamin deficiencies. You know, we've all heard about the old tales where they figured out uh, sailors getting scurvy because they had a lack of vitamin C or beriberi from lack of thiamine. Well, 
in today's world, we don't see that very often except in very isolated populations or very certain situations. So the use of vitamins now as a treatment of disease is not very often. It's usually used to treat symptoms or problems. We found that using vitamins in certain instances can make a difference in somebody's symptoms. So there are two big categories of, of vitamins. There's a fat soluble and the water soluble. Why is that important? Well, the fat soluble are vitamins A, D, E, and K. A, D, E, and K. Why is it important if they're fat soluble? If they're fat soluble and you gobble a bunch of them, they're going to get all sucked up into your fat and get stored in your fat. So you can actually overdose. You can overdo it on A, D, E, or K. You can do too much because it gets sucked up by the fat and gets stored there. So if you're just slamming in the vitamin A left and right, left and right, don't know why you would, but if you were, it could actually get toxic very quickly if you're doing way too much. So A, D, E, and K. The water-soluble or all the rest, the B vitamin C, all those things. That's important because those just get peed out. Those don't build up in the system. I mean, Linus Pauling, the Nobel Prize winner, was taking, I mean, he was taking bottles of vitamin C and just downing it, and he did fine. It didn't do much else for him, but he, did, he didn't die. So you basically just end up having very expensive urine if you take a lot of those water-soluble vitamins because the body can only absorb so much. There's a limit to what we can get in our system in those vitamins. And if you get too much or you try to take too much in one day, you just wee-wee it out. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's why sometimes when people who are on vitamins, they tend to have a different colored urine. Their urine can become dark or yellow or different. Or, well, it's yellow anyway most of the time, but a darker yellow, we'll say. But it can have a certain odor. It can have a certain change because that's where it's all metabolized. That's where they all go if you have too much. So there's a limitation on what you can absorb in the water soluble. The fat solubles will stick around. But that's, that, that's um, something that most of us don't have to worry about. And then there's the minerals. Don't mix up vitamins and minerals. We hear them set all together a lot, vitamins and minerals, and you know, our fortified bread with vitamins and minerals. Well, they're separate things. Minerals are inorganic substances. Just think of rocks. You know, when you go out and hunt, hunt rocks in the yard, you're hunting minerals. Well, those are things like iron and, and uh, uh, I just blocked on all the rest of the minerals. Oh, well, you can tell this is live, but we'll get to that in just a minute. But anyway, those are separate from vitamins. Uh, another term you hear a lot that I think is important you understand is RDA, Recommended Dietary Allowances. You hear, oh, this is 25% of the RDA or this is 100% of the RDA. Well, what the heck does that mean? Well, it basically means that is that is the average intake that a person needs to stay healthy. All that means is if you averaged out what it would generally take for most people in the population to stay healthy, it's somewhat like the minimum recommended allowed amount. It's the, it's the minimum you need to stay healthy. So when we see that taking 800 units of vitamin E again, for example, is 300% of the RDA, all that means is yeah, the average RDA, you just need a little bit. But if we're treating symptoms, you need a lot more. Does that make sense? Good. All right, let's talk about some of the key players, some of the important vitamins that we hear a lot about 
and what they're used for and more importantly what they're not used for. Biotin. Biotin is one of my favorites. It's vitamin B7. Most people don't know it as vitamin B7. They know it as biotin. It's one of the B-complex vitamins. And it's really good for hair, skin, and nails. That's one of my go-tos for hair, skin, and nails uh, because it's, again, water-soluble. It is very, very important in cell metabolism and growth. And what what grows faster than hair, skin, and nails? Nothing except maybe the cells that line the intestinal, but we're not going to get in that. That's why people on chemotherapy lose their hair, because the hair is growing so rapidly that the chemotherapy affects that and blunts that action. Well, biotin is one of the best tools for helping with hair, skin, and nails if you're having problems there. And, you know, about 30 micrograms, which is less than milligrams, about 30 micrograms uh, a day is kind of the RDA. Um, You can... And, and let me also say this because I want to talk about this. You can get all of this stuff from food. You can get everything you need from food if you just eat the right stuff. For example, the uh, biotin you can get from salmon, from whole grains, from eggs, avocados. I mean, you can make a, a salmon coated with eggs and avocado and you're set for the whole day. Uh, there is not anything really determined about it being too much because remember it's one of those water soluble vitamins you can't overdo it all right calcium and i know we're going to run through these quickly but there's so many that i want to just kind of get them as much get as much information get your mind thinking about these as i can and also not keep you here till 10 30. calcium calcium is a that's a mineral <laughs> there's that mineral that i forgot about earlier it's not a vitamin it's a mineral calcium is really important especially for folks who are in the perimenopause, menopause. Well, quite honestly, it's important for folks to be earlier than that because, you know, most women start losing bone in their mid-30s. That's when that bone turnover begins to swap. The osteoblast and osteoclast, the cells that make bone and break down bone, bone's as active a substance as anything else in the body. It's constantly being up and down. And that's where calcium is so important because, as many of you know, a big part of bone is the mineral calcium. That's why it's so hard. That's why it has its, its strength to it because of the calcium that makes it up. So even in younger folks starting to take adequate calcium intake, whether that's through uh, dairy or uh, uh, certain vegetables or meats, you know, the calcium is also fortified in a lot of different products. So it's, it's been recognized for years as being very, very important. Even in, even in uh, things like yogurts, you see a lot of calcium, any kind of dairy product, obviously. If you don't eat dairy stuff, you can get plenty of calcium from a lot of vegetables, uh, and you get them from, you know, obviously seafood and, and some other meats. But calcium is really important in bone health for women in the uh, perimenopause, menopause. I generally recommend about a total of about 12 to 1500 grams of uh, or milligrams of calcium a day. Most people are going to get most of that through their diet. That's all total. Now, I don't recommend supplements to that degree. Generally, about five to 600 milligrams of calcium a day is adequate to help with bone health. In fact, the reality is sometimes people are taking too much and it doesn't get absorbed. You can only absorb so much at one time. That's why I'm Tell folks not to take uh, more than uh, about five or 600 milligrams at a time. We also have some evidence now 
that there's a possibility of overdoing calcium could potentially cause issues with cardiovascular issues and possibly kidney stones. Let me be very careful about that because the data is still waxing and waning. We've got about as many studies on one side that says, nah, doesn't have an effect, with the same number of studies on the other side that said, yeah, probably has an effect. So again, this is one of those things you got to take a grain of salt. But either one of those studies is with a whole bunch more calcium than you really need anyway. So if you'll just stick to that six to 800 milligrams a day, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right, what about folic acid? I mentioned that earlier. Folic acid is really, really important if you're thinking about pregnant or getting pregnant. And it is a has been shown to help reduce birth defects, in particular things like spina bifida, where the spine doesn't close in the fetus. But what's key about that is you've got to get it into your system actually before you get pregnant. The studies have shown that if you just start taking folic acid after you've already been pregnant, you don't have the same protection. You don't have the same benefits because all this happens in the early, early stages when it's little, little, little bitty baby and it's forming right then. And a lot of people don't even know until they missed a period that they're already pregnant and already some of this stuff is already happening. So in people who are trying to get pregnant, who are, are in that age range, yeah, take some extra folic acid. Now, a lot of multivitamins, prenatal vitamins, for example, a lot of them have extra folic acid already built into them, uh, about 400 micrograms. And again, that's a little bit smaller than milligrams, but 400 micrograms uh, a day is adequate with the folic acid to provide those particular benefits. Um, but also, even if you don't have a baby on board or trying to get a baby on board or practicing to get a baby on board, uh, folic acid can also reduce the risk of heart disease. And there's been some evidence that taking extra folic acid can help with prevention of colon cancer. About, again, 400 micrograms a day. And where do you get that? Well, grains and cereals. Most grains and cereals are fortified. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's probably the only decent reason for eating the sugar pops is the folic acid. Uh, everything else is garbage, and you'll probably die from all that sugar anyway, so folic acid won't help. But other cereals are supplemented with that. Uh, spinach, asparagus, orange juice, lentils, uh, not yentil, lentil. Uh, iodine, it's one we don't hear much about. Iodine is actually really important. And the reason we don't hear much about it now is because a number of years ago, the executives at Morton Salt said, hmm, maybe if we iodized our salt, we could eliminate goiters and problems associated with the thyroid gland because that's where iodine is so essential in the thyroid. So they begin iodized salt. I mean, you can't go anywhere now and not see non-iodized salt unless you're buying some of the sea salt or some of the other things. So very few people actually have iodine issues unless they totally eliminate salt from their diet. But you can also also get it um, from, um, oh, some of my favorite shrimp, canned tuna, uh, milk, baked potatoes, seaweed. Yeah, I love me some seaweed. And actually, actually there's some recipes that are very good with seaweed. So not to, uh, not to negate all my seaweed lovers out there, you've got plenty of iodine. You'll never have a thyroid problem if you feast on seaweed. You heard it here first. Iron, it's another mineral. Did I think of iron before? 
I don't remember. Iron is a, obviously a very important mineral. Uh, it is a key component in hemoglobin, which is what gives it the red color uh, when it mixes with oxygen. But more importantly, the iron binds the oxygen and helps transport it to the systems. The number one cause of fatigue, the number one cause of fatigue, ladies, in people who are either still menstruating or even after menopause, is iron deficiency anemia. People are not getting enough iron in their system. They get uh, anemic, their low blood count, and that causes fatigue, uh, lack of energy, uh, a number of problems. So if you certainly are still having periods, and if they're heavy, or even if they're not, but especially if they're heavy, you probably ought to be on some iron supplement. The iron helps accelerate your body's ability to regenerate those lost red blood cells. And there's also obviously a lot of other causes for iron deficiency anemia. People who have GI issues, ulcers, who are on certain chemotherapies. I mean, we can go on and on about the different things that that affects. But again, you can get iron from red meat. Uh, there's a whole bunch of fruits and leafy green vegetables that have a bunch of iron in it. Uh, but you can, believe it or not, you can overdose. You can do too much. There's a thing called hemochromatosis, which is actually not iron excess except because your body can't metabolize it correctly, but you can have too much iron. So you've got to be a little bit smart about that, a little bit wise about how you approach your iron. Magnesium. We hear a lot about magnesium. Magnesium is kind of the stepchild because we hear so much about calcium, vitamin D in the bones. Well, magnesium is important too. And magnesium is also really important for people who have muscle cramps. That's one of my favorite remedies for muscle cramps, especially at night. People who have restless legs and muscle cramps. We'll take some extra magnesium. Magnesium is a muscle relaxer. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the great uh, discoveries of the last half century was using magnesium as a prevention of preterm labor. A lady will come in and she'll be contracting and just, just bowing her way and she's you know, two months before she's supposed to deliver and you just go, oh, what am I gonna do? Well, there's a chemical called mag sulfate, magnesium sulfate, which you put in the veins and that magnesium just relaxes that uterus and says, chill, you've got two months to grow this pumpkin. You gotta let it relax a little bit longer. And it's wonderfully effective and it's very helpful. Now, for anybody who's ever had it, it makes you a little miserable at that level because we're ramming that magnesium in there. I mean, people get diarrhea, they feel lousy. It, it, just, it, it just is not at that level that's a problem, but it does what we want it to. But that being said, magnesium is very helpful as a muscle relaxer. That's what the uterus is. It's a big muscle. So we're relaxing the big muscle, but it also works for leg cramps. I tell some folks to take just a teaspoon of milk of magnesia at bed. Well, I'm not you know, I'm not constipated. Why am I doing that? Well, you're taking it for the magnesium. That's what it is. It's just magnesium in a matrix. So sometimes that's really, really helpful for leg cramps, restless legs, uh, and yeah, if you're constipated. But again, where do you get magnesium? Best oat bran, almonds, brown rice, cooked spinach, banana. You know, that's one of the things we hear about potassium and magnesium with bananas. Not a big banana fan because in, when us in the weight loss business sometimes refer to those as sugar sticks, 
because you get all this massive rush of fructose because you're taking the peel, the fiber out of the banana. Now, if you ate the peel, of course, you'd probably get sick and throw it up. But if you ate the peel, you wouldn't get that sugar rush because of that fiber. Just a little aside. Steer me back on course because we're going to run out of time here if I get off on bananas. Niacin, vitamin B3. Niacin is one of those things that we used to hear a lot about because of a condition called pellagra. How many of you, raise your hand if you have had somebody that you know that had pellagra. Don't see any hands because we just don't have niacin deficiencies anymore. There's so much food that's supplemented now with niacin, it just eliminated pellagra from the, uh, from the, from the scene. Where we see a lot of use of niacin now is to help with cholesterol. We know that niacin has been used to lower the LDL bad cholesterol. Now, some people would get what they would call the niacin flush, where they would take the niacin and it would be so rapidly absorbed, they'd literally have a hot flash. And it was great to see guys do that because then they could finally understand what women are going through. You know, they have their niacin flush and they say, okay, I get it, babe. I understand. That's not exactly the way we want to use it, but it was effective at getting some empathy for the women undergoing uh, the, uh, the menopause. But niacin is very, very important for hair, eyes, liver development, especially the nervous system. So it, uh, it can also be found a lot in peanuts, chicken, salmon. Are you seeing some common threads here? You think about foods that we tend to consider as healthy, and is it any surprise that most of these also contain a lot of these vitamins and minerals? You know, God is good. He knew what he was doing. Potassium. Potassium is a very important mineral, uh, and it's really critical for heartbeat regularity. People who have too low potassium can actually die from arrhythmias. The heart just goes, starts quivering like a little massive jelly. And so you don't want to have low potassium. Who has low potassium? Well, people who have intractable diarrhea. Ugh, that's a terrible term. How'd you, uh, uh, I just, that just sounds horrible, just intractable diarrhea. But it's true. If you have horrible conditions that cause you to lose a lot of uh, vomiting, uh, intractable vomiting, okay, we'll go there. Those people have a lot of uh, problems losing potassium, and it can actually be life-threatening. In fact, a lot of people who have uh, giardia and other illnesses, especially in third-world countries where they have this tremendous diarrhea, will actually die from the dehydration and cardiac arrest due to the low potassium. So you've got to be very careful about that. Uh, again, people who are on those medicines tend to be supplemented with potassium supplements. Most people, again, if you have a regular diet, you don't really need to take a lot in the way of potassium supplement unless you're on a medication like a diuretic, which sometimes gets rid of extra potassium. So if you're on a diuretic, your doctor uh, for blood pressure or heart issues, your doctor probably has you on a potassium supplement also. Vitamin B6, pyridoxine. Uh, vitamin B6 is very important because it's a precursor. It's a building block for serotonin. And for any of you who've listened to any of these other uh, productions that we've done, know that serotonin is a really important hormone. It's a brain hormone, a neurotransmitter associated with moods, emotions, 
We see it in midlife and menopause because it's related to estrogen levels. Estrogen goes down, serotonin goes down, moods go down. There's a very direct correlation there. Well, if you don't have enough vitamin B6 or, or actually B12 also, it can impact the production, your body's own production of serotonin. And that goes back to what I was saying about people on birth control pills, that you need to be on a multivitamin or at least a B-complex because we know that the combination birth control pills sometimes interfere with the absorption of B6. People on normal diets, people who are you know eating fish and uh, potatoes and hazelnuts and spinach, you're going to be getting plenty of, uh, plenty of B6 anyway, so you don't have to worry too much about that. B12, uh, again, that's probably the most common issue we see with that is a thing called megal megaloblastic anemia. Mm, yeah, I don't worry so much about that. Uh, it's not very common, but B12. One of the things I hear about B12 all the time is energy. It gives me energy. I, I want to take my B12, my sublingual or my shot, my B12 shot. I hate to blow your bubble. I don't, wait, do you blow a bubble? No, you pop a bubble. I hate to pop your bubble. But B12, if you are deficient in it, if you don't have enough from your diet, if you're not taking enough in in a normal way, if you have a metabolic problem, if you have a gastric problem where you're not absorbing it, you don't make a thing called intrinsic factor and you don't absorb it, yes, taking B12 will give you energy because it's going to help build up your blood count. You get anemic when you have a lack of B12. But if you've got enough B12, if you're not anemic, taking extra B12 not really going to do anything for you. And that's not just my opinion. That's the studies. I can show you study after study after study. Now, here's the problem with B12. And this is a problem with a lot of these supplements. When you study these things, the only way you can study these to really prove your point is to study them in a what we call a double-blind placebo-controlled study. What does that mean? That means that half the people take B12, half the people take nothing, or they take a, a sugar pill. A totally inert substance. Well, the problem we see in virtually every study that's done with a placebo is that a certain number of people with a placebos get better. They get well. If, okay, we're going to do a study with B12. Well, we give some, some people B12, we give other people a placebo and say, okay, let's measure your energy. Well, 20% of people getting the nothing pill feel that their energy's increased. So it, there better be more than 20% of people in the B12 field or it's pretty worthless. Well, most of the studies, well, not most, a lot of the studies done on these products don't have a placebo arm. So we know that we can't really take a lot of that information for gospel. We know it's not appropriately studied. So you, whenever you look at a study, make sure there's a group of people. PMS is a great example. We have study after study on PMS. And virtually every single study that's well done shows about a 30 to 35% response rate to the placebo pill. People get a lot better with the placebo. Now, that doesn't mean they're crazy. It doesn't mean they're all in their head. They're imagining it. What it means is they, their belief system is so strong that it influences their physiology, and it does create changes in the body. So if you are taking B12 and you think it's going to work, yeah, it's going to work, and it's going to probably work because of what you believe, not because what the chemical is. So you've got to just be going back to this idea of critical consumers. 
that's one of the issues. That's one of my pet peeves. I'll get off my high horse and get off my, my sermon right now. But that's just something that's very, very important for people to understand with regards to these. Uh, vitamin C, probably the most known vitamin. Uh, it's just uh, uh, it everywhere. Orange juice, fruit juices, supplemented into all kind of things. All right, here's something else that's going to make you mad. Oh, I, hate, I hate making people mad. For, I always get a question about, well, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting a cold or I may be getting a cold or I've got a cold. I'll just pop my vitamin C and I'll get a lot better. Or I'll pop my vitamin C before I get a cold and it'll keep me from getting a cold. I'll bet you are going to guess what I'm going to say. Recently saw a study that looked at 11,000 subjects. We don't see that very much in this stuff. 11,000 people were studied. And there was no decrease in the incidence or the duration of the common cold in people taking 1,000 milligrams, which is a pretty hefty dose, 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day. So, again, you got to go by the science. I mean, if it makes you feel better and you... you, you take it and you think you might get better and it might work a little bit in your head, who am I to say you know, that anything wrong with that? But the science just doesn't support it. It just doesn't say that it's really going to make that big a difference. Vitamin D, um, as we talked about earlier, is really important for bones. But you know, it's, the, vitamin D has undergone a trans, transformation. You know, it used to be kind of the ignored, you know, vitamin D, who care? Who, you know, that was just something that people stuck in milk. I mean, who cared about vitamin D? Well, vitamin D has taken on a whole new uh, interest in the medical community because in the last several years, two things have happened. One, they've really figured out that vitamin D does a whole bunch. It does a whole lot of stuff. I mean, it does stuff that we wouldn't even think about. It may affect concentration. It may affect your immune system. It's not just your bones. It's not just about your bones anymore. It can be a lot of different things. So it's very important to, to be sure you're taking adequate amounts of vitamin D. That is one that we probably don't often get enough of. So this is the other thing that has really changed our thinking about vitamin D is we really didn't know for the longest period of time kind of what the normal levels were I think a lot of you out there probably had vitamin D levels done or had suggestions to have vitamin D levels. Well, for many years, we didn't really know what the normal was. There was kind of this broad range. Well, we have a little bit better idea now of what kind of a normal range of vitamin D is. So we're able to take those numbers. And I do think it's, it's good to check vitamin D levels. I'm, I'm, I'm not disparaging that at all. I do think there's a place for that. Because now we can actually do something with it. Why do a test if you don't know what to do with it? But this time we do have something we can do with it. And the vitamin D levels actually are very helpful because there's all kind of things that are going on. I have people who are complaining of problems concentrating or, uh, or mood changes. And it turns out that vitamin D is really part of the problem. So we can't just associate it with bones anymore. Where does vitamin D come from? Vitamin D is actually... Uh, converted in the skin from the sunlight. It, it's one of the few that we don't have to ingest. It's really kind of interesting. And the reason we've begun to see kind of a deficiency in vitamin D for a lot of people is a lot more use of sunscreens, which is good. Don't want you to get melanoma. But the sunscreen 
reduces the production of vitamin D in your system. Now, I'm not talking about having to lay out on the beach four hours a day to get your, uh, get your vitamin D levels. I mean, literally 15 minutes of sun exposure on a daily basis can give you, in most cases, adequate vitamin D. So, you know, the other thing is, is people have stopped going outside as much. I mean, people are spending all their time looking at some maniac on Facebook Live instead of being out taking a walk this evening. So you're not getting as much sunlight exposure as we did in years past. Uh, so that being said, vitamin D is one of those things that I tend to supplement along with calcium a little bit more aggressively for folks for those reasons. All right, I'm trying to go through this really quick. Vitamin E. Vitamin E we already touched on. Uh, it's very important for hair, skin, and nails along with biotin. Biotin and vitamin E are probably the two best when it comes to problems with hair, skin, and nails because they're so involved with cell metabolism and so involved in cell growth, and those are the things that are rapidly affected. Uh, I use it, again, for hot flashes. It's very effective if using the appropriate dosage for that. Um, get a lot of vitamin E in olive oil, canola oil, almonds. I love almonds. Avocados, hazelnuts. Uh, you can get too much, again, because it is a uh, fat-soluble vitamin. So you can get too much of that. And you got to be careful about that dosage also. All right. I want to now go to some of the questions that we got because I think it's probably, if one person asks a question, there's probably 50 out there who have the same question. So I want to get to those before we, holy cow, already 647. Sorry, guys, I got just so much. Uh, if, if, if you want me to keep going, give me a thumbs up or some stars or hearts or something so I know that folks still want to, they're not getting crazy with me and they still want me to keep going. So let me know if you want me to keep going and I will uh, if, if, if I see or, or Give me a, uh, I'm, I'm just looking, there's some thumbs up, star, oh, thank you. Okay, I guess that means I got to keep going. Good, well, I appreciate that. It's good to know that some of you are still awake and still listening. Remember, if you stay to the end, I'm going to do a giveaway, so we'll, um, we'll, we'll head that in. So, uh, some of these questions I actually have already answered. Uh, let me just reiterate that one website I said just a few minutes ago, consumerlab.com. That's a great source and it's all free uh, for evaluating a particular product or a particular supplement or herb. Remember, price or brand really doesn't tell you anything about the particular supplement. You've got to do your homework to determine if they really are putting out quality information and quality products. Brand uh, or price in particular is the one that drives me the most crazy because there's no correlation between quality and price in most cases. Most of it's just hype and marketing. So you've got to do your homework. One of the quick things that you can do is you look on the label and see if it has either USP or NSF on there. Those are two outside quality improvement organizations that these products have to go through to be able to um, display that. It's kind of like the Good Housekeeping or Underwriter Laboratories. It's kind of that seal that says at least they've gone some of the way to ensure quality. So be sure that's on the package of whatever you buy, USP or NSF or even both. There was a question about absorption. Yes, there's oftentimes absorption issues that are associated with uh, 
and thank you for the question, by the way, Kelly. Uh, one quick way is if you look at your poop and you see the vitamin, you probably need a different brand of vitamin. Very simple way of checking that. Yes, there indeed are things that go on with the vitamins that may prevent a lack of absorption. Sometimes the coating, you know how sometimes they look real shiny? Well, a lot of the vitamins have this little wax coating they put on there to make them visibly more appealing. Well, what that does is also make them less absorbable. Sometimes the matrix, what they're made of is a bulk, almost like a fiber, so it holds all the vitamins in the capsule or in the, in the, uh, in the uh, tablet itself. But again, that doesn't get broken down and it goes straight on through and it doesn't get absorbed. So again, if a company's doing the right stuff, they're going to publish on their website, most likely, they're going to publish information about absorption and about levels that are obtained. So you can get that information. You got to be careful about what you take vitamins with. For example, you don't want to take a lot of vitamins with milk or dairy products because that can, that can block the absorption. You don't want to take vitamins where you're taking antacids. That also can block absorption. The best time to take vitamins is with a meal. In most cases, especially the fat solubles, A, D, E, and K, they need, the more fat you're having your meal, the more better, more better, the better they are absorbed. So the best time, and I usually always take my vitamins with food. It just seems to be absorbed better. Yes, there's some evidence that the liquid vitamins tend to get absorbed better than the solid vitamins. You're just reducing some of the barrier between the absorption. So that might make a difference. Crushing the vitamins. People who hate taking pills. I mean, I got people coming in with little bitty teeny pills and they say, nope, ain't going to do it. Sometimes you can just crush them up and mix them in with the food. In most cases, it's not going to interfere with the ability for them to do what they want them to do. So you got to be careful of, um, about that. Uh, there was a question about specifically about inflammation. That's a real common problem that a lot of people have. And it, we're finding more and more that it's leading to underlying issues like cardiovascular disease and uh, senile dementia. So reducing inflammation with supplements is important. My favorite, my bias is the omega-3 fatty acids. I think the volume of, of literature and data on those particular things are extremely, extremely convincing that for some inflammatory problems, especially joint issues and issues associated with asthma, issues associated with elevated LDL cholesterol, the omega-3 added fatty acids can be very beneficial. And that, that's essentially, that's the active ingredient, the DHA and EPA in fish oil, that what makes it effective. But again, you got to be a cruel consumer. There's a lot of crap, a lot of garbage out there, and you don't want to waste your money and waste your mind thinking it's going to do something for you unless you're getting good quality stuff. So you got to do your homework. You got to check it out. But the data is very much there with specifics as it relates to uh, omega-3s. Uh, there was a question about probiotics. Uh, thank you, Amy, for that. Uh, probiotics basically is a broad category of uh, active living creatures. <laughs> that sounds great. Li little living bacteria that are important, particularly in the GI tract, for proper absorption. Do you know that we have more bacterial DNA in our GI tract than we have DNA in our own body. I mean, we are, we have, we have just, the microbiome is just unbelievable with what we're seeing, the impact that it has. 
And people who have horrible diarrhea, people who are on antibiotics, people who are on certain chemotherapies, they can really do damage to their microbiome in their guts. And that's where probiotics can be very helpful. Anybody who's on antibiotics, I think probably should be taking probiotics also to help repopulate that gut bacteria. And it really, that's why some people get diarrhea when they're taking antibiotics, because it also changes that, you know, the antibiotic doesn't just kill the bacteria in your sinuses that you're trying to get rid of, it kills it everywhere else. But we got some good stuff down in our gut. We don't want to get rid of that. And that's where the probiotics can really be helpful. Things like the lactobacillus, the, um, uh, uh, oh, there's a whole variety of, of acidophilus. Uh, there's one we use for the vaginal bacteria flora called Uvena. So there's a number of different probiotics out there. And you got to be careful about the content. You want to actually look on the label and see what the content is and the number of active bacteria that they say it contains. All right, guys. Well, listen, we've, we've been going on almost an hour here. Uh, I've got gobs more information, but I'm not going to go into it right now. Maybe we need to do another one on this. Maybe that's what we need to do is another one and talk a little bit more about some specifics. But I wanted to go ahead and do our little giveaway before we get away. I appreciate everybody who stayed on and stayed with us. Uh, Tracy and, and Rhonda and Terry and Sarah and Rose and Suzanne and all you folks. I really appreciate you uh, asking about this. And I promise what I'll do, since I can't, I don't have time to, to really go into all the questions, I will look at all of your comments and I promise you I will answer and respond to every one of your questions uh, on this. So if you have a question, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me for not answering it right now. I'll promise that I'll, I'll come back on and answer it and, uh, uh, after, after all this is over. Uh, anyway, the giveaway. What I'm going to do, again, because we're thinking about possibly closing this down uh, as far as the number of people that we're allowing into the group, just to give you a little extra incentive to bring on folks that you think would be, then just don't, don't empty your address book. Don't dump everybody that you, I mean, I don't want to see a bunch of guys. I mean, I'd love to have some guys in here if, if they really would respond. But uh, if, it's, if it's folks that you think would benefit from being in this group, submit their name. And the person who submits the largest number over the next two days, I'm going to allow for some folks to see it later, person who submits the largest number that gets accepted, I'm going to give them a free bottle of this Omega XL, which is a purified Omega-3 supplement that I recommend to help with any kind of joint pain, inflammation, any kind of uh, inflammatory change. It's a very purified, concentrated omega-3 fatty acid, contains high concentrations of DHA and EPA. Anyway, this is a about a $50 value uh, because this is, this is a, about, a, about a two month supply. So free bottle to whoever submits the largest number of folks to get approved to be new members of Women's Online Wellness. I'll, online Wellness, I'll send you a free bottle of the Omega XL. That's all I got. It's time to let everybody go out for that walk so they can get their vitamin D level up or get their dinner or whatever you plan on doing after this. But I loved having you with us. I hope this information was beneficial. Let me know if it was something that was helpful. And as always, I'm open to suggestions for future ones. Uh, as you can tell, I, I enjoy doing this. So 
it really is something that I hope is meaningful to you. Let me know so that I can get excited about getting back with you next Thursday. Until then, make healthy choices. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.